0: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn.
1: back to the sports complex on a Thursday afternoon. Big show today. We will get in to the players declaring for the draft from the Texas Longhorns. Also some news coming out of the NFL. A running back that was hot after was cleared waivers and has already signed. We'll get into that. Uh, Pro Bowl rosters were announced. There's a new pullout from the NFL Players Association talking about the favorite coordinators in the NFL and some NFL coaching hot seat news. We'll get into that as well, Uh, as well as the big fat poll today, talking some more Texas football. We'll get into that as well. Uh, Get into a little NBA talk, some sound from Hook'em Up With Ian Robbie, Jerry Hamilton on the show this morning. We'll play a replay of that interview. Some really good stuff on Texas recruits and what they did in all-star games the other day. Uh, We'll get into all of that. And of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776. 512 447 is the text line number. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rail. Whatever you want to talk about, you're the co host. So you talk about it on the text line. You ask the questions or you bring up the topics, your hot takes, and we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. That's what we do here on the sports complex in the afternoon. Uh, it has been, uh, it is also uh, a celebration of days for Texas fans where we just remember and reminisce that 18 years ago today was was uh, one of the best days in all of our lives that we all enjoyed because Texas won the national championship. Vince Young went crazy in the game, and uh, we all know what came from that, so uh, uh, great moments and great memories we have uh, from that as well in the Rose Bowl, uh, but all of that to lead us to, uh, to some NFL talk. We'll get to Texas football in a little bit. There are some more players uh, who declared for the draft today. We'll get into that in just a little bit and play some sound bean me as well, but... I do want to get into some NFL talks. We didn't talk much about them the last few days as we've been recapping uh, Texas versus Washington. But now, you know, we're moving on from that. And we, the national championship game is not till Monday. So we have a few more days to talk about that. Uh, So let's talk a little NFL. And today the NFL Pro Bowl uh, rosters were announced or yesterday, yesterday late or today this morning. I don't know. At some point between the last show and this show, uh, the NFL Pro Bowl uh, rosters were announced The Texans get in with one player. Laramie Tunsil is the starting left tackle, or starting tackle, I should say, uh, for the Pro Bowl. That is the one player they get on. They have some uh, players on the uh, reserve list, so they do have some players. C.J. Stroud did make the reserve list. Uh, Your quarterbacks are Tua, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. So for C.J. Stroud in the AFC, it would have been difficult for him to get in there above that. The AFC South really not represented too much. Not a lot of Jags, not a lot of Colts, of course not a lot of Titans. Derrick Henry does make it as a running back uh, along with James Cook and Raheem Mostert should tell you about how the running back scene of the AFC is uh, changed, that uh, those names are not necessarily who you thought would have been in the picture for the AFC. Uh, Wide receivers Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Jamar Chase uh, are all in there as well. Some good players. For that, But yeah, not a lot of AFC South guys in the Texans only get one name in there. Several are on the reserve list as players will be injured and don't want to go. Or you'll have players going to the Super Bowl, so they won't be able to go. And uh, Texans have some people on that list that may be able to go. Justin Tucker uh, also on that list as the kicker. That means that uh, Cameron Dicker did not make it as the kicker. But if the Baltimore Ravens go to the Super Bowl, we could still see a... You know, a Texas player replaced, a Texas kicker replaced, a Texas kicker. We could see that as well in the NFC. Your quarterbacks are Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford, uh, who had a really good end of season. Interesting to see him get back on that list in uh, in the NFC and get back to uh, being a starting quarterback in the NFC uh, Pro Bowl or a quarterback in the NFC Pro Bowl. Brock uh, Brock Purdy is a starter. Dak Prescott is number two. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, the player that Philadelphia traded for from the Lions because the Lions get uh, Tamir Gibbs in the draft, and so they feel they don't need him and Montgomery, so they trade him to the Eagles. Turns out to be a great trade for the Eagles. Uh, he makes the Pro Bowl. Kyron Williams from the Rams also in there. CeeDee Lamb is going to be a Pro Bowler. He's one of the starters alongside A.J. Brown. Mike Evans and Puka Nakua are on the bench for them. Zach Martin is one of your starting guards as well. Micah Parsons, of course, at the outside linebacker. Deron Bland at cornerback is going to be on the list. And both your punter and kicker, Brian Anger and Brandon Aubrey for the Cowboys are both pro bowlers. Uh, a little bit of a snub, Demarcus Lawrence is somebody that a lot of people felt should have been on this list on defensive end. Uh, but basically, he is saying his, his theory at this point, Aiden Hutchinson, Montez Sweat, and Nick Bosa are the three that get in a defensive end. Uh, his thought is... Well, if we get to the Super Bowl, then I wouldn't be in the Pro Bowl anyway. i will be in the Super Bowl, and that's better. But if the 49ers make the Super Bowl, and Nick Bosa is now in the Super Bowl, he will now be off, and I will be picked to replace him. So I will be in the Super Bowl or the Pro Bowl is what he's saying, and he is assuming that either the Cowboys or the 49ers are going to get in, which, I mean, we don't know if that's true or not. Uh, The 49ers look like they have better odds right now than the, the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have their odds. But uh, that would be his, that was his theory of why he was not upset because he figures he will be playing in one of them. And he's hoping that he'll be playing in the Super Bowl, which he should. Uh, a couple other names that were off the list that people wanted to see. Josh Allen, uh, not a pro bowler. And Amon Ross St. Brown from the Detroit Lions. A lot of people thought he should be on that list as well in the NFC. I don't know if you knock off Mike Evans there. Puka Nakua, you don't kind of want to see him go off either. Uh, AJ Brown and CeeDee Lamb seem like no brainers in this list. Uh, but, uh, you know, I can see it. I, it's just hard when you only had that many, that many picks, but those are your names for your Pro Bowlers and for the Texans and for the Cowboys uh, there. There was also a poll that came out today from the NFL Players Association uh, where they basically anonymously or protectedly asked a lot of NFL players about who their favorite coordinators were, and the list came out was kind of interesting. Because some of you would expect to be on there, were not on there. Some names you definitely would not expect to be on this list are on this list. They have five offensive coordinators, five defensive coordinators, and five special teams. They did not take the ones at the end because they didn't want to badmouth them. So that was one of the issues that uh, the people who put this together in the NFL Player Association, they didn't necessarily want to uh, give out the bottom five and like the lowest coordinators because they didn't want to... Try and hurt these guys getting other jobs. I think it would be interesting. I think we'd all like to see it, but they did not put that list out there. Uh, if you're offensive coordinators, uh, let's go through and I'll give you the records afterwards because I think it's interesting. There's especially in the offensive side. The offensive side is much more interesting to me because, all right, Frank Smith and the Miami Dolphins is your most your most beloved or your most liked offensive coordinator. Whether it's uh, you know the way he communicates or you know, the ease they can talk to him, whatever the the categories that these players thought for. Frank Smith is your number one. Thomas Brown, the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator, who had his uh offensive coordinator, his offensive play calling, he had it, and then Frank Reich took it away to go in there, but then Frank Reich got fired, and he got the play calling back. Brian Schottenheimer from the Dallas Cowboys is actually number three. Brian Callahan from the Cincinnati Bengals is number four, and Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore, Coming in at number five, interesting to note there, only two of these offensive coordinators have play-calling duties. Thomas Brown for the Panthers has play-calling duties, and Kellen Moore has play-calling duties for the Los Angeles Chargers. Those are the only two. Uh, Zach uh, Zach Taylor calls the plays for for the Bengals. Mike McCarthy calls the plays for the Dallas Cowboys. And Mike Mike McDaniel calls the plays for the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are 11-5, so you may like him because he's not the play-caller. He's the guy... And if Mike McDaniel's doing whatever, he, he's your intermediary. You might like him a lot. Uh, for Thomas Brown, I'm sure he's just not Frank Reich. And those players, for whatever reason, it didn't hit with them. There are a lot of young players on that team. And they might like Thomas Brown a little bit more. He's a 2-14, and 14, though. So I don't know how much you'd want to be the guy who's beloved at 2-14. and 14. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, again, not play calling. So must be getting along well with the players. It, it also, the, the Cowboys are on this list uh, all three times, all three of their coordinators are on these list, Uh, which could tell you. I think that's something to be said about what the culture is and what Jerry Jones has built in Dallas. Is that uh, that he really tries to make this a family? It's important to him that the coaches he has in there are people that are uh, you know friendly with their players. I don't think he wants a disciplinarian coach in there. I think this whole the whole building of what Jerry Jones wants to build with the Cowboys. They did the poll uh, a few years ago about, you know, the the player friendliest teams for food and family and you know and everything in that. And and of course the Cowboys were one of the top teams in that list as well. So it's no surprise to see that their coordinators are well liked and that the Cowboys just in general are a type of team built around you don't say bad things, things are kept in the family and you know if you ask, no matter what, even if it's random, that everybody's we're all good. We're good. We take good care of you so you that you're happy and you're a happy player. It makes sense. So that side for the Cowboys is a good sign because you do want to have that as part of your team, especially when you're able to still win. You just need to get that winning edge at the end of the year. Uh, but Schottenheimer in there, not play calling duties. Brian Callahan, 8-8, uh, eight and eight, no play calling duties. Kellen Moore, 5-11, play calling duties. Is this starting to be a negative on Kellen Moore? And I know this is coming from a guy who's not a, who's not a Kellen Moore fan, but this was the problem. is He was loved in Dallas, and he couldn't get him over the hump. And then he goes to L.A., and they're just bad. The offense doesn't, and Austin Eckler doesn't do anything, and they're, well, we like the guy, great, but that's not really what's important here, because Eric bien not on this list, and I know, and believe me, there was all the reports at the beginning of the year that people were mad at him, and people didn't like what he was doing, and people were upset with him because they thought he was working too hard and pushing this team too hard, and people didn't like that, that B wasn't on that list. I... I I I would rather, I'd still rather have a coordinator, especially if they're going to be play calling, that is going to be a little bit tougher on my guys and is going to get them into the shape I need. And I'll have a head coach that may be nicer, but I I need to have one. I can't have everybody be nice on a team. I don't know if that's going to get them there. We'll see with the Cowboys if they can get there this year. Uh, on the defensive side, Aaron Glenn is your number one ranked defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He's got that defense playing pretty well. They're an 11-5 team. He is a former uh, former player, so I, I, I nothing I can say bad about Aaron Glenn. To note, all the defensive par, uh, coordinators do call plays for the defense. Steve Wilks was also loved in Carolina when the interim head coach, uh, the 49ers, get him. He is a great coach and a great guy from all accounts. Dan Quinn comes in at number three for the Cowboys again at 11-5. and five. Uh, then Brian Flores comes in at uh, number four for the Minnesota Vikings seven and nine Brian Flores and the seventy nine Minnesota Vikings I should say but Brian Flores has always been known as somebody who was liked by his players even when he was in Miami uh, just didn't do him enough just, justice because he wasn't necessarily liked by his ownership but he was liked by the uh, by the players and Raheem Morris from the Los Angeles Rams also but I think that is you know they've known each other for a long time he's he's a good he's a good coach and. That's not surprising to see him on this list either. And, of course, the Cowboys come in again uh, as uh, John Fassel is the number one ranked special teams coordinator for Dallas. Uh, and that's Chris Tabor is number two with the Carolina Panthers. He's now the interim head coach. Matt Daniels from the Minnesota Vikings. Dave Fit from the Detroit Lions. And uh, Darren Riz- Rizzi from the New Orleans Saints. Not surprising, though. You see the Vikings on here a couple times. The Lions on here a couple times. That These are teams that are kind of built to be that kind of organization and have that kind of uh, community and culture within their team. But an interesting thing, the offensive coordinator playlist, it's an interesting look into what offensive players want to have. And I think the defensive list was kind of more what you would expect. They were good defensive coaches that sometimes were ex-players and could get on them, but they were all pretty, pretty much winning teams other than the, the Vikings. Uh, but that's not necessarily the defense's fault. Now, they're not a great defense, but it's not the defense's fault that, you know, once Kirk Cousins went down, that team's not as good as it used to be. Uh, but if you look at what the, the offensive players, it seems that they like to be caught a little bit more, that maybe they don't like the play caller because they're not going in. But then the guy who comes over and, and consoles them that they didn't get enough reps or they didn't get the pass catch or, you know, whoever it is, it seems to be the offensive players maybe like a nicer guy that they maybe, you know, and maybe that's a formula that you'd like to have a head coach. That is your offensive play caller and the guy you can go do it and then have an offensive coordinator that all your players enjoy that can go recruit and get you more offensive talent. That may be more of what you have to do going in the future. It's an interesting poll, though, when you look at it for just that it did not seem like there was a disciplinarian on that list, really, and especially not on the offensive side. I think defense will take it a little bit better uh, just because of the kind of player it is uh, to be a defensive player. Uh, one more thing I wanted to hit here before we get to the big fat pole is uh, the coaching hot seats as we get into later in the season and we are now week 18 we're into you know we're into the the final the final run of games and there's gonna be a lot of guys sitting down I'll play some sound from uh rod and uh, Aaron a little bit later talking about kind of the what this season's been why week 18 has some huge games and has some pretty bad games but we'll get into that in a little bit uh, but I do want to go through some uh coaching hot seat rankings for you to watch through uh week 18 for something that you can kind of keep an eye on as you know by the time we're coming back on Monday some of these coaches probably won't be a coach anymore some of these coaches will probably be in like go uh, we'll see the people moving on that don't make the playoffs. Those will probably happen within the next, you know, if they play Saturday, maybe on Sunday, Sunday, it'll happen Monday before we come back on the air. You may see some of these coaches moving on. Uh, of course, already fired this season is Frank Reich, Brandon Staley, and Josh McDaniels. I think these in somewhat of a tier system uh, for the guys that we have, but already fired Frank Reich, Brandon Staley, and Josh McDaniels. We know those guys have all been let go of already. Frank Reich was the only one that was really surprising Josh McDaniels, we could have told you a year ago was a bad hire and shouldn't have been there. Brandon Staley, we told you for two years needed to be fired. And Frank Reich was, since he was new there, you wondered if they were going to keep him longer, and they did. It didn't seem like it fit. He looked like he was done coaching when he was with Indy, and then ends up there. And I don't know why he got back into it so quick and why someone brought him back in so quick, but he did. Uh, Let's go to our next tier, though, is Almost a Sure Thing that these guys will not be back. And now, I don't know, fired for both of them. We'll start with Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, you get a new ownership there in Washington. They want to take a new start. We don't know if Sam Howell will be the guy or not, but you probably want to bring someone new in there. It seems like the culture is kind of beyond repair with what it is right now. That may lead to Eric Bieniemy having to take off as well and find a new position. Uh, but it seems as if at a 4-12 and Washington that Ron Rivera is going to be out of there. That would be uh, what it would seem like. Uh, and then the other one, which seems like a short one, it's been talked about since, what, week 10? That Bill Belichick seems to be on his way out. That all of us seem to be watching and and looking at Bill Belichick at this point. And, and the most damning thing I've heard from everyone around is that Bill Belichick, with all these rumors that have been swirling, and he's saying, I'm. we'll talk about it later, that Robert Kraft has not stepped up and said anything to 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 quell the rumors. Uh you know, no one in that Patriots organization has come out and said just even said, "Hey guys, this is the one of the winningest coaches of all time. He's number 3 on the all-time wins list." And we're not to, you know, you, let, let's not, let's not treat it like this. They won't even say that. They're just letting it happen. They're just letting him sit in the hot seat all all season. Now the question is, they may trade him. They may try to work a deal with him where he'll end up where he wants to end up and you know, I think that that's more the question is how does this split happen? How do these, how do this, you know, the dynasty walk away from each other where he's been in control for so long that you don't just want to fire him and then realize he knows all the passwords? You want to fire him and then realize you can't find anything in the office anymore because he was the guy who did everything? So I think there needs to be a more mutual parting ways, and I don't think Bill Belichick would mind it because Bill Belichick is 20-something wins away from being the all-time winningest coach, which you can get in two to three years. You can get there in two to three years, but you cannot get there in two to three years on the Patriots because they're not on that rebuild model right now, especially not with the pieces that are there of coaching and everything else that, you know, Mac Jones is not going to work with Bill O'Brien in this offense right now. So, you know, if if he's your guy, then you got to get a new coach in there. It doesn't look like they have the pieces to rebuild this. And it looks like a six, seven-year plan to get into those 20 wins. And that's with everything working, right? And, of course, they're going to let him go if he doesn't turn it around within the next three or four years. And, and so it doesn't look like the plan. For me, the place that makes the most sense for him, not saying that maybe for them it'll be the, the what they want to do or not for them it may not be uh, feasible, but the Chargers make the most sense for me as a team that currently has an opening that it could make a splash for them, but he may not need the amount of money that it would take for them to make a splash higher of that level of a coach. It would bring a culture in there. They have a lot of good defensive players. Can he make those good defensive players into something special? He can have his offensive coordinator. You either keep killing Moore, or he brings in whoever else he wants to bring in and you have offensive talent there. There's the talent there to be a 10 win team for the next three seasons and then when that when the contracts become too much and you have to kind of start to rebuild and everything else, you try and win an, uh, a title there, you try and win a Super Bowl, then in the next three to four years, then he can walk off into the sunset as the all-time winningest coach, and either he's got another ring or he's all-time winningest coach, and you move on from there and you, and you rebuild the team that way. But I, I think Bill Belichick and Ron Rivera are both... As good as gone at the end of the year, they will not be coaching their respective teams next season. Some team, some guys that wouldn't be a shock. My next tier would not be a shock if they are gone. Personally, I would get rid of two or three of these guys, uh, if not all three. the uh, The third one I would get to is is somewhat a question of what you do in the off season. Uh, Arthur Smith for the Falcons, I get it. It's just not a good mix. He isn't playing your st- the players that you keep getting them. You get Kyle Pitts, you get Bijan Robinson, you don't play them. And he can say I don't have my quarterback. But I don't I don't care. If you're not going to use the guys and you aren't going to go out and tell me what groceries I need to get, and you're not going to stop it and be the assertive person to tell us what we need, then then you can't you have to be able to play with what we the toys we give you. And he does not seem to be willing to play with that. Uh and the one that flips with him is uh, Matt Elberflus at uh at Chicago is another name that if they decide to move on. And if they decide they're going to use their number one pick, which they are the number one pick in the draft because they own the Carolina Panthers' number one pick from the trade last year. Uh, if they use that pick, number one pick for a quarterback and they want to bring in Caleb Williams, I think Albert Fluss is probably gone. You probably bring in a coach that says, we, we have a number one pick. We have the number seven or eight pick, whatever it is. Uh, we have these two really good picks. What do you want to do? We're also going to get something back for Justin Fields. We're going to trade him off. What do you want to, like, let's bring in someone else and rebuild. I think we could see that. Uh, but if we see that, then the other side is a team that could go for Justin Fields that may fit in to an Arthur Smith system that he may be able to use this in an Arthur Smith system. Justin Fields could end up in Atlanta. that he could end up there and try and fit into that system with B John Robinson and, and Kyle Pitts and you know and, and see if that works. and if they get in, if they get him as a quarterback, I don't know if you get a new coach. And get Justin Fields, so that may be something that keeps Arthur Smith's job. It may be something that uh, loses up Matt Overflue. But I don't see both of them coming back because I think the only way you uh, you get rid of you keep Matt Overflue or you get rid of Matt Overflue, or you get rid of him if you're getting a new pick. The only reason you keep him is because you are basically going to give him another year and give him one more year. Mac- Mike Vrabel, the other one, that would not be a shock. He's done really well at Tennessee. Uh, it seems to be though that something's missing there, and it might be best for both of them to move on. Uh, but Manifest, Arthur Smith, both may fall into the next category, which is the one-more-year category. Uh, we know that Robert Sala, they have said that Robert Sala will be coming back for another year. Uh, Brian Dayball falls into that. I don't think they let him go. They just signed Daniel Jones. He's done well enough with some other guys that I think you give him another year to see if he can fix the problems there in New York. Dennis Allen uh, in Saint, in New Orleans, they have Derek Carr under another year of contract. You probably don't want to bring another coach with Derek uh, with Derek Carr still there. And Todd Bowles, with what he did to turn our team around later in the season, get them to 8-8 and and possibly into a uh, playoff spot and winning the division, you probably give him another year to figure out what you can do before you kind of move forward. And again, get your guy at quarterback because, you know, this may be another Baker Mayfield rental year or Baker Mayfield on a manageable contract year. Uh, Another weird category is the make us an offer category, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. 9-7, and does it again, but it feels like it's just he's been there so long. And I know this is what the Steelers do, but they may feel like this is the time to move into the if you give us a first-round pick for him, if somebody out there really wants him and they want to build the culture that Tomlin has and you want to give us something for him, we will take your pick and then we will rebuild with a new coach, and we will take go in our new direction. We're not going to fire him. We're not firing Mike Tom. I don't think he gets fired, but he could get traded if the right offer comes along and someone decides they want to bring in that Tom and Power, give them both a fresh start. Uh, and two more names to notice. Uh, Sean McDermott, Mike McCarthy are both better win in the playoffs. If either one of those is a first-round exit, they could easily, easily be fired. A second-round exit, still possible firing. I think if you get past that, you're probably okay. I know Jerry won Super Bowl or bust, but I think you win one or two playoff games, you're probably okay. But if you lose that first playoff game, either one of these guys, very likely, very likely that uh, they get hit on the hot seat and they get put into a position. Even though Mike McCarthy's well-liked, he will not be liked in Dallas if they come up short once again. If everything they've done this season, the positives and everything else, and then they didn't, then, man, it starts to look more and more like, give this team to Dan Quinn and get us a real offensive play caller. But hopefully that won't become a problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully they'll be able to get a win in there, and then everyone will be happy. Uh, We also should note Dalvin Cook did clear waivers today. At uh, 3 p.m., Dalvin Cook cleared waivers. And by 4 p.m., he had signed with the Baltimore Ravens, so the Dallas Cowboys not going to get a shot at Dalvin Cook. He is going to be joining the Baltimore Ravens. All right, Uh, let's hit the big fat poll of the day before we hit the break. If I can get the sounder to work, we'll get there. Trust me, guys, we'll get there. You know, it's a Thursday. Got to get back. Patrick's Big
0: Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn.
1: All right, Big Fat Poll of the Day. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. I want to ask you this because we just talked about the hot seats and the coaching poll. Just Just out there, who's your least favorite NFL coach of all time? I feel like we'll get some Jeff Fishers for sure. But do you have a coach out there that you just can't stand in the NFL? Text that one in, 512-447-3776, and, of course, let us know why. And who was your MVP for the season for Texas football? We're going to come back and talk some Texas football real quick. A couple players uh, claim, uh, declaring themselves for the draft, so we'll get into that when we come back. But who was your MVP for the season? Some positivity. Who is the guy that you felt carried this team the best and was the most valuable player for Texas in 2023? and I mean, one game in 2024 which, man, it's been a while. All right, 512-447-3776 is the text line. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some Texas talk and a little sound from Pokemon with Ian Robbie right here on the Sports Complex on the Horns 1019 and sixty, the Horns app, and hornfm.com.
0: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn.
1: Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Thursday afternoon. Just talked a lot of NFL. Going to get into some Texas football, uh, some talk. But it does feel like a blues week. You know, we'll get over it. Tomorrow we'll do a 5-1-2 Friday. Next week is a whole new week. Get back into some, some pep music. But it felt like a blues week. was listening to some blues uh, all week long. So I thought I'd play some for you here on the show. It was a the musical theme for the week. Uh... Text lines open 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Uh, polls of the day. Who is your least favorite NFL coach of all time? And talking about the hot seat and there were some guys in there. Maybe throw some guys in there if you have one. And uh, who is the MVP for season of the season for Texas this season? Uh, send that in as well. 512-447-3776. Uh, we're going to talk a little Texas football. Uh, by the way, if you have not seen, I'm going to tell you about the two other players that you probably do know about that are leaving Texas. Uh, to clear for the draft. Uh, Jordan Whittington did post today a thank you to Texas. Uh, if you've not watched it, I uh, definitely recommend you can go find it on all the social media for the Texas Longhorns or Texas football or whatever it is. They all had the Jordan Whittington uh, saying thank you. Uh, very cool for him uh, to say that and, and definitely did the uh, I didn't play. I came to, I got to play on to Texas and play at Texas, but I got to play for Texas is what he said. And uh, very cool to see that. Uh, definitely going to be missed on the 40 acres is Jordan Winnington Also, the news came out today. We know Alex Xavier Worthy is moving on. We know Tavandre Sweat has said he is most likely moving on. I don't think he said it completely, but we, we you know we read between the lines there. Alfred Collins has said he's coming back. Uh, our reports are that he's coming back. Two other names, though, uh, declared for the draft today. Jonathan Brooks uh, had a great season for Texas. Of course, it ends short when he tears his ACL. Uh, however, he is one of the top-ranked running backs in this class. I think he understands uh with the injury that uh you know if he has another injury like that next year and they're kind of hard to prevent uh, another major injury then it's going to hurt his draft stock a lot more than it would just having this one you know maybe take that step CJ Baxter is there uh, Jaden Blue is there they're getting some new recruits in this is not you know he's leaving the room in a good place he's left Texas better than he's found it so no problem with Jonathan Brooks taking that next step he you know be able to get in the rehab be able to move on with everything focus on football uh Happy for him declaring for the draft today, and Byron Murphy also declaring for the draft. There was uh, the inkling of hope that he may not, uh, that he may come back for another year. However, uh, when you see that he is getting projected as a late first rounder, early second rounder, uh, when you get into that first round range, uh, you know it's it's hard to turn it down. It's hard to turn it down. And right now, he is projected in that first round range. Had had a great uh, had a great Sugar Bowl was used in that position where they double-teamed Travondre Sweat a lot in that game and tried to make him a non-factor. So Byron Murphy had to step up, and he did in a lot of key moments for Texas. Uh, So disappointing to see that uh, Byron Murphy and Dylan Brooks are moving on, but uh, good for them in their careers. That is all the names I've seen so far. Uh, We haven't seen any more. Texas is uh, still in that period where I think they're kind of spacing him out a little bit. I think guys don't necessarily want to step on each other's toes and announcing, so we may see an offense or a defensive, and we'll see where we go. Uh, there were some uh, early Heisman odds I've seen today where Quinn Ewers is listed as the new favorite. He's a, he's a top the to favorites for uh, the Heisman Trophy odds for next season. He's already been ranked in a list of the best quarterback in the SEC going into next season. So uh, all all reports are that they're assuming Quinn Ewers is coming back. He is not announced yet, but it seems to be uh, the reports that earlier seem to be more and more true that he's coming back. We've not heard anything else, but those, if Vegas and everybody else would lead you to believe that they think he is coming back uh, to play in the SEC next season for Texas. I want to play his sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. and then we'll get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. So we're asking you about the, your, your most hated coaches. We're asking you about your MVP. But anything else you guys want to talk about, hit us up on the text line, and we'll talk about it because you guys kind of drive the show. And whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll talk about Uh, But I do want to play this sound about uh, that Rod Babers and Aaron Hogan were talking about this morning. Uh, As we were talking about the coaches, there's also been some issues with the quarterback play in the NFL and a lot of guys sitting out this last week and uh, a lot of guys missing time. Uh, Rod kind of breaks it down for you on the injuries this season at quarterback and what it's left the NFL with and uh, maybe what they need to do moving forward. It's uh, hook them up with the Rod A little replay here on the Sports Complex.
2: You know, one of the things I've been keeping up with in the NFL are the uh, the quarterback really the quarterback injuries uh, and really the quarterback turnover for every team there's been a ton of it this year they're coming really close to what they did last season um, and last season was a record-setting year for the NFL um, in terms of the amount of unique starting quarterbacks I mean different starting quarterbacks for teams and this season uh, you're at 20 different teams that have used multiple quarterbacks, and they're going to shatter that number in Week 18. Now, I don't count Week 18 because it's mostly just teams that are resting guys. I believe Kansas City has, these are teams that have openly already said that they're going to rest their starting quarterback for Week 18. Kansas City, Cleveland, the 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 Rams, the, uh, and obviously you know where the Chargers have already started, Easton Sticks our guy. Um, it's Denver, they did it for different reasons because of Russell Wilson's contract. Uh, They decided they wanted to basically, you know, they didn't want to pay his injury bonus. He had an injury bonus that if he played every game, that would be guaranteed. They didn't want to pay it, so they decided, no, we're going to bet you. So we don't have to pay that bonus. Uh, And Baltimore, they're going to sit Lamar Jackson. So uh, you'll end up probably shattering the record from last season, um, but not because of injury, mostly because they're sitting guys What's, uh, what's really interesting about this right now, you start looking at a whopping, right now, it looks like just nine teams will start one quarterback the entire season, just nine. Um, that's a new low for the 32-team era, and that's the lowest since 1999. I believe they were at eight. Uh, but it's, it, right now in the NFL, you got to make sure you got your backup quarterback set because you're going to need them. The, the way it's trending right now, everybody's going to have a backup quarterback, start a crucial critical game at least one point. And all the teams that are trending toward being the top teams, their quarterbacks just stay healthy. A lot of it was a battle of attrition, um, being able to keep your quarterback healthy. Cowboys can now win a division because their quarterback stayed healthy. There are a lot of reports that Jalen Hurts is not healthy. And Lamar Jackson, for the first time, a long time, he stayed healthy and played the entire season. We haven't had that. That's been there's been a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and his durability. He stayed healthy. Uh, Tool was another quarterback that stayed healthy. So Miami's uh, prospects. They ended up uh, winning uh, double digit games because he stayed healthy. I think a lot of it is quarterback health and the NFL right now is, is dealing with a ton of quarterback injuries, and it's not because they're not. Taking care of the quarterbacks, I think it's more about the offensive line, and it's more about really just the I don't know the number of pass attempts uh, where, where quarterbacks are exposed. I mean, it's it, it's more about that because it's definitely not about the NFL protecting; they protect them more than ever. Um, but you're starting to see more and more. So, at 20 teams right now, that's where they are in terms of unique uh, teams that have used multiple starting quarterbacks uh, in a season. Uh, which is, like I said, uh, close to the record. I think this weekend they'll shatter the record because all the teams are sitting uh, their quarterbacks. Um, Let's talk about, uh, since we're talking about the NFL real quick, let's get into the uh, MVP odds right now because it says right now that Lamar Jackson is the far and ahead odds-on favorite to win MVP and it's not even close anymore. Um, He is at minus (laughs) 10,000 current MVP odds. According to uh, according to ESPN Bet, uh, this is the latest. It's not. It turned so quickly. It Remember, did. at one point we were talking about Dak Prescott with the with the best odds to win MVP, and then the conversation shifted to I believe it kind of shifted honestly to Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. After that, and now he's at minus ten thousand. No, I think uh, to win now to win the, uh, the MVP. Well,
0: and we said that about Dak. They all, they all had a chance to make their case in December because it was very close and there wasn't a clear favorite. And pretty clearly, Lamar Jackson, with his performance on you know Monday Night Football against the 49ers, followed up by a five-touchdown pass performance against Miami the next weekend. It's unbelievable. He made his case, and he, he pretty much claimed it. And now he's going to sit, too, this weekend. Uh, yeah, they're all sitting. Huntley's going to start for Baltimore because they're clearly the one seed and no yeah. no risk for Lamar Jackson.
2: So yeah, I think he's the MVP. I don't know. Forty ers have not announced if Brock Purdy is going to sit or start. They're I think he's mess. sitting. He's sitting too. He, and yeah. McCaffrey's out with a calf, but I think Purdy's sitting because they don't have anything to play for. Yeah, there's no reason to risk it. I don't it. know if I've seen it announced yet. I wouldn't be shocked if Shanil played him honestly, just because he's so he's been a little erratic lately. And I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if he played early and then he sat him, but he may, be, he may decide that he's just sitting, period. Don't want to risk it. I can see that too. But a lot of teams deciding Kansas City, you know, they're deciding to sit the, Patrick Mahomes, even Cleveland sitting Joe Flacco. Because they don't want to, they don't want to risk something happening to Joe Flacco, even though they're on their uh, fourth quarterback, uh, being Joe Flacco. He's playing so well. They don't want to risk it. So a lot of teams not risking it. So in week 18, right now, not looking great for the NFL that decision. Because uh, you got a, you got a few games that are really really important. Um, but sitting your starting quarterback for all of your stars for about five teams, in addition to as I pointed out, 20 teams that have played multiple uh, starting quarterbacks this year. The 18 games may be uh, something that they're not going to reconsider it. But maybe something they have to look at in terms of its effect on uh, the players and the injuries to the quarterback position. Because you're not even having half your, I mean, not even half your starting quarterbacks from the season of starting week 18. Yeah, and um, some just sitting because they already have everything locked up. But uh, the other half is because of injury. If that's not uh, what the he, NFL – that's not what they wanted when they had a – they had the thought of another game added to the, game, to the season. That's not what they envisioned.
0: Well, look, if you can't improve or, or drop in your your playoff position, you know, Cleveland, San Francisco, it says here Brock Purdy will not play against the Rams. Okay. Uh, this is from Sports Illustrated. He's going to get the full week of practice. They're going to give him all the reps as the first-team quarterback. Like, uh, he, your, your guy Kyle Shanahan said they're going to prepare like he's playing, but then he's not going to play. Uh, why risk it at that point? They're going to bring up the seven players off the practice squad. And, um, again, they've, they've sewn up. That's how big that Detroit win loss to Dallas was because they would have had to play these guys this week to secure the one seed because uh, Detroit could have come and taken it from them. Now they have the ability to rest these guys, including Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and whoever else they're going to sit this weekend. But, but he did say we want to keep Brock sharp, and so he's going to get okay. the first-team practice reps. That makes
2: sense. I figured they wanted to try to keep him. Uh, you don't want him to have a... Sam Darnold will start that game. Okay, You don't want him to have a low because he hasn't been that consistent at the end of the season uh, but you don't you want to safeguard against injury so basically the, the NFL has decided to move their, they, they got rid of the fourth preseason game this is the fourth preseason game for a lot of teams then. If they're just moving up right? if they're moving up practice squad guys You're that are right about playing, that. and they're playing backup quarterbacks in games that don't matter. This is essentially their preseason game. They're just doing it at the end of the season. Especially if they're going to play all the young guys who haven't gotten a chance to play it's going to be that kind of game that's, and I think half the league is basically in that position right now.
0: Yeah, of the 32 teams. I mean, Houston and Indianapolis is a playoff game yeah, on Saturday that's night. The,
2: villain, the Cowboys. Jacksonville and Tennessee
0: something. matters because Jacksonville can sew up the division, but it doesn't matter to Tennessee. Um, uh,
2: but yeah, v- uh, Vrabel did say that. I mean, he, I think he dropped a couple of but he did remark that, oh, the game matters to them, and they're, they're all in. They're all in. He said they're all
0: in. Yeah, they're yeah. all in. So there are games that do matter, but yes, there's a high majority that do not. Don't have much bearing because the teams are already either out of the playoffs completely or uh, they can't move in their current position in the uh, the slot in their conference. And um, so yes, but man, that the the couple of them that means there'll be a lot of eyeballs on the ones that do matter the most. So it know, will be. A, um, I mean,
2: that, that Texans game. I mean, there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that that Texans game. That's a big game for the Texans. One of the biggest games oh. they've had in the last. Whew, Five, four or five years? Right, since right. the uh, the Chiefs are...
0: collapse. That's the biggest game since yeah. the Chiefs collapse since game.
2: Bill O'Brien was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right.
0: I mean, this game means it, a 10-win season and a trip to the playoffs. And, um, you know, that's – and it's same for the Colts. And both teams have first-year head coaches. Both teams have first-year
2: quarterbacks, essentially. So, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. Well, Gardner mints you. Yeah. Right? I mean, to win it with the backup, that'd be impressive to go and make the playoffs in your first year with a backup quarterback. That's like I said, that's some damn good coaching, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles are missing it. They missing it. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, with
0: Shane Steichen for sure. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 look at those. Obviously, the Cowboys have to beat the Commanders. That game matters. Doesn't matter to the Commanders. Commanders are not any good at four and twelve. But the Cowboys have to win that game to to lock up the division and the two-seed in the NFC. Meanwhile, the Eagles are going to be playing the Giants for the second time in three weeks. And in New York, they need to win that game and hope the Cowboys lose. That game is Sunday afternoon, so that game matters. Uh, Bills play the Dolphins in Miami. That's an important game to the Bills. Bills they, need to win that game. Yeah, that, The Bills have to win that game. Bills need to win that game yeah. with Josh Allen, and they've improved to 10-6 and six now. They'd like to get to 11 wins. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something that matter, but you're right, there's so many that don't. But uh, um, there, there are several that are... Important, so you'll just pay attention to those.
2: Yeah, uh, like I said, week eighteen to me, not right now, not that sexy. No, and I'm, I don't know how sexy it was last season either. I got to go back and check it. And lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of it is the quarterback injuries for the NFL.
1: Yeah, the quarterback injuries in the NFL have been an issue so far this season. But, you know, we get through to week 18. You get the teams in the playoffs. You're ready to go. I know that my Texans uh, are going to have a good matchup against the Colts. Hopefully they get the win. C.J. Stroud looks healthy there. So I'll take, the, I'll take what I can get. Uh, but that is also why they make it such a, a flex schedule in week 18 so that they can kind of put the games. They don't necessarily have all the games, the good games at once. And then some bad games sticking everywhere else. You you put them out and you put the line the matchups, and all the playoff scenarios, which I'm sure we'll go through some playoff scenarios tomorrow uh, and start to pick through and what teams need to have happen to get to where they want to be. We can go through all of that tomorrow. But uh, why don't we take a break? We'll come back. We'll get to the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the text line number. We're gonna get to you when we come back. Anything you want to talk about? Also, who is your your the least liked? NFL coach uh, in history. You throw that one for me and tell me why that is. Uh, and also, uh, who was your MVP for the season for the Longhorns? Send those both in to me. Anything else you guys want to hit up and talk about, send that in as well. 512-447-3776 is the text line. We'll be back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.
0: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis for the Horn
1: Back on the Sports Complex here on a Friday afternoon, playing the blues for you. just felt like the blues this week. You know, feels like winter, it's a new year, and I know some people are like, start off the new year, huh? It just felt like a, just felt like a blues week. Uh, so playing some blues for you throughout the week. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. If you want to join the conversation, uh texter says, who is that intro music? If you mean for the show... Uh, it is the heebie jeebies. The song's called no doubt. They're a local band. Uh, and now the, uh, singer and some of the members playing a band called ADH project, the number 80, the letter H, ADH Project. So You can check them out. They still play around town. A very good band. Uh, if you want to check them out, if you were talking about the blues song that I played, uh, right before you sent that, that was, uh, from blues delight. That was from blues delight. It was called slightly hungover. And the one we just played was magic Sam. So that was earlier your, your music. If you need that on the tech sign, that's uh, those are all those songs. Uh, text here says, uh, for the, the most disliked, the least liked, uh, NFL head coach, uh, buddy Ryan or Jim Fisher. Yeah. I think Fisher's going to get a solid number of them. Buddy Ryan will get a few too. He will get a few too. I I got you on that one. You want to, if you want to go into further, but I think we know why on both of those, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Nate says stick to your Texans playoffs hope. Look, I think we we both agree on the Cowboys. Nate, you know that we we have agreements on this. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I just think they need a running game. I just think they need a running game. But they they and they did sign a running back. I gotta look up his name. They signed a guy uh to their practice squad out of Texas Tech. Uh he was at Texas Tech a couple years ago, I believe. Uh he has been on a couple teams' practice squads Sir Roderick Thompson. Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, is who the Cowboys have signed to their practice squad this week. I don't know if that means he's going to play. He's never played in the NFL. He's played on practice squads, uh, but that was who they signed. So if Rico, we know that uh, Deuce Vaughn is now on the IR. Uh, Rico Doddle, he, he was practicing this week, but if he has another setback, uh, I believe your, your next running back would be Sir Roderick Thompson uh, from Texas Tech. So that would be who you'd have at Dallas. Uh, Jason Garrett was infuriating, believed at points, uh, but it was always the same. Yeah, Jason Garrett. The clapping. The clapping really was it, wasn't it? Just when you say it was just the it was something that was such a trigger after a point that you would see the play and it was a clapping and you're swing get mad at him. Just get mad. Get mad. Come on, Rocky, get mad. And uh, no, no, no Alfred Collins slander. No Alfred Collins slander from you, Nate. I'm happy Alfred Collins come back. He's gonna get coached up this year. We're getting full potential. I'm gonna start drinking some Kool-Aid already. Gotta be drinking the Kool-Aid. Right guy from New Mexico says, for my defensive MVP, you can't choose anybody else other than Sweat. No, you can't. I think Byron Murphy had a great year, but uh, Sweat has got to be the guy. Dude had a great year for my offensive MVP. I uh, Got to go with A.D. Mitchell. He completely revamped our offense this year and was a good complimentary receiver to Xavier Worthy. He was the missing piece. And if you know what Texas, that all, how that offense is built, you know, and that's why the year ago that, you know, he wanted to have Isaiah Nayor and he wanted to have – enough weapons Sark loves to have the weapons where he can spread the ball out and you never know what's coming and he's able to to pick you apart with that too many weapons offense and they were a weapon short last year. You add A.D. Mitchell, and you add a great weapon. It is something you worry a little bit about next year because you're losing so many of those weapons, and can the younger guys step in and become those weapons? You know, you add Matthew Golden, who's a little bit more experienced. Jonte Cook Cook uh, played in a few games. You have some other great young wide receivers and some more young wide receivers coming in, uh, but it could be a learning curve, and you're going to have to figure out who those other guys are. Jay Witt as well, by the way. I can't. I'd be remiss to not mention Jay Witt. Uh, Leaving that, you know, you have to be able to find those guys to fill the holes that are these, these gigantic holes that are being left by the weapons that are currently there. Uh, but they're gonna have all offseason to kind of work with those. And Quinn Ewers, get more reps with these guys, find out who he's comfortable with, and we'll see going into next year. Uh, right guy from Mexico says, uh, from my most disliked coach, gotta go with Bob Davies. Did not like him when he was at AM, and did not like him when he was here in New Mexico. Like that one. Uh, Texter also says, uh, Didn't get enough of Brooks. Two dogs coming in. Yes, I just think if they didn't protect quarterbacks like they do, college quarterbacks are the same. That's why you don't transfer so uh, so quick. You need a power back. Yes, I look. I think that uh, the Cowboys do need a power back. You and Siraric Thompson kind of is one, but you need a power back for if you're the Cowboys uh, and then the quarterbacks. They try and protect them all you want, but it is the more you protect the quarterback, the more the quarterback will allow themselves to become vulnerable, and it becomes this kind of catch twenty two. Uh, because the quarterbacks don't get hit as much and they don't get hit as hard and they're not, so they don't protect themselves as well. And I think you kind of have to go back to try and get these quarterbacks to protect themselves because like Trevor Lawrence is a perfect example this year of a guy who continues to put himself into harm's way because he's going to try and stretch every play and he's just the competitor in him that he wants to go and sometimes you just got to go down, but he's going to go and every time he's going to hurt his shoulder because he's jumping out to the side and on one arm while the guy's hitting him and he's going to land awkwardly. Uh, we know Tua last year, he just didn't know how to protect himself going to the ground and continued to get hurt. And so a lot of these guys, because the new rules are, well, you can't really hit them that hard. They think they're going to be, you know, more invulnerable. And in reality, they're just not taking the falls where if you'd watch old guys get tackled, a lot of times these quarterbacks, they get hit real hard, but they would, they would tense up for it. They would get ready. They would take the hit. They would go to the ground and they cover up and hold the ball, and they do all that, and then they get right back up and go make the next play. So I think there's something to be said uh, about, you know, the more the more rope you give a quarterback to hang themselves, they're going to, and they continue to get hurt on plays where normally where any old-school old quarterback would go like, well, I would never have that opportunity to go to the sideline, then fake slide or fake going out of bounds, and then get hit and ripped around, or I wouldn't have that ability to try and dance through two, two linemen because a guy kind of pulled up and then he hits me from behind or I get rolled up on. Those are just things that don't necessarily happen as much back in the day, but they're happening a lot more. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll get back to the text line. We'll get back to talking some NBA action as well. And whatever else you want to talk about here on the this, on this Sports Complex, uh, we will get into it. If you text it in, we'll talk about it. I promise to try to get to everybody's text here on the show. Uh, but we'll keep it rolling here on the Sports Complex and the Horn One Hundred Nine and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.